All right, fellow fact checkers, want to remind you to go check out our wonderful sponsor, Fox and Sons Coffee. Now, Steve got his start by drinking coffee with his dad on Saturday mornings, and he wanted to carry on that legacy by starting his own coffee company and having something to pass on to his sons that they can carry on. So go over to foxinsons.com and check out Fox and Sons Coffee. And if you use the promo code FCT for fact check this, you get a 10% discount on any order of $20 or more. So please head over to Fox and Sons Coffee and get your day started off with a great, great cup of some incredible coffee. They've got the dark blend and a light blend, and they've even got decaf for those of you who get a little bit jittery. Uh, No one in my audience would ever get jittery. But head over to Fox and Sons Coffee. Check them out. All right. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, Fact Check This Podcast. And today, I'm just going to jump right into it. We are going to be looking at an article from Salon. And I love Salon because it's some of the funniest shit I think I've ever read. I've been told the salon is not super progressive, but man, everything that I seem to find is like just psychotically so. And it's always like really entertaining for me Um, because the articles that I tend to find from salon that do lean that hard to the left tend to come at things from like just the most asinine place that you could possibly approach an article from, like the way they're written and just uh, the, the propaganda type stuff that they they that they foundationally built all of their articles around at least the ones that i've seen so um, this one is uh along those same lines it's why did single women vote for democrats republicans have an asinine theory republicans believe democrats have brainwashed unmarried ladies who are clearly unable to think for themselves after the heavily predicted red wave in the 2022 midterm elections turned out to be an illusion It was really no mystery why Republicans failed to capitalize on political tailwinds that, according to conventional wisdom and political history, should have given them much bigger wins. And so here's the thing that I want to talk about with the the red wave. Just drop out of this for just a second. Do this. In the immediate week following the midterm, it was talked about how the red wave failed. So there are a lot of discrepancies or not discrepancies, but a lot of things with Nevada that if you look at the way that vote was done and the numbers, just to strictly look at the numbers on the Nevada election, seems kind of sketchy. There's a whole lot of votes for the Democrat candidate in the Senate that there weren't a similar number of votes for any other election in the state. Like just for the Senate, there was somewhere in the neighborhood of like seven to 9,000 additional votes that were cast for Senate. And see, Senate is one of those down-ballot voting things. Like usually people are going to vote for governor and some other stuff, and then they'll vote for Senate as well. You don't typically go in and vote just for Senate, right? Right. I mean, that's the way this works. Plus, the governor, the Republican governor candidate 
and Nevada won pretty handily. So when you look at all of that, Nevada seems kind of sketchy. Uh, then you go look at Arizona and you look at some of the down ballot voting with like the House and, and other like state positions. And then you look at what happened in both the governor spot with Carrie Lake and in the uh, the Senate seat with Masters versus um, Mark, whatever his name is, the astronaut. Um, if you look at the down ballot voting in those where there was a lot higher numbers on some of those, but then you see a lot of it's almost like ballots just disappeared or votes disappeared in Senate and governor. It's really weird. Like there's some really weird stuff. So we've got all of that. And then uh, for the first week, they talked about how like the, the red wave fizzled and nothing came of it. And there was even a chance that the that if they could find the votes, that the Democrats were going to hold the House. And they actually said that. They actually said if they could find the votes, that the Democrats were going to hold the House. Well, that didn't come to, to happen. Uh, last check, the Republicans had 220 out of the needed 218 for the House. Uh, Senate is still 50 to 49 with Georgia going to a runoff. So there's uh, Georgia's one of those states where you also see a lot of weird stuff that tends to happen. But still a chance that Herschel Walker could win that. And then and then what? You're still sitting at 50-50. Uh, it's the exact same split. The Republicans picked up some governor's races. Uh, so there's currently in the U.S. there's 26 Republican governors and 24 uh, Democrat governors. A lot of... Uh, anyway, it was the, the red wave was more of a red splash, but it was still a splash. Like the Democrats still lost the House. And at best, they're going to have a one-seat lead in the Senate, which means nothing. Like the the big type of legislation that they want to pass requires House approval and 60 vote to get past the filibuster in the Senate. Neither of those, and the Democrats have neither of those things. So this kind of kills their hope of doing anything for the next two years. Uh, so was it a monumental win for the Republicans? No, but it was still a win and it was still a loss. Like that's, that's been my thing is when you're, when your big victory for the left is to coming out of this midterm was to say, Oh, look, we didn't get completely annihilated. Like, okay. Okay. That's good golf clap. Good for you. Like, you didn't get completely annihilated. Yay. Um, so anyway, back to the article. Uh, blame Donald Trump and Justice Samuel Alito for the one-two punch of inciting an insurrection, which was wildly unpopular. They're still writing the insurrection thing. And overturning the right to abortion, which was highly unpopular, which was highly popular. They're meaning the right to abortion was highly popular. Americans, it turns out, are protective of democracy and their basic human rights and turned out in huge numbers to vote for Democrats, or more precisely, to vote against Republicans who are a threat to both. <laughs> the smart thing for Republicans to do is clear enough. Stop stoking Trump's election lies and scale back the tsunami of racism, sexism, and homophobia currently fuel fueling their party. I'm still trying to figure out where the racism, the sexism, and the homophobia are coming from because I don't see these things like societally at all and definitely not coming from the right. Mostly, uh, as 
was covered recently in an article or uh, episode like a week ago. Most of this stuff is actually manufactured by the left to create the impression that they exist while in the reality they don't. It's the same with right-wing violence. They, they talk about right-wing violence all the time, but the only, uh, the only cases of right-wing violence that they can ever actually point to are Charlottesville and January 6th. January 6th, where the only person who died was one of the protesters. So much violence. Uh, let's see. So, need to scale back the tsunami of racism, sexism, and homophobia. But there's no chance that that will happen, of course. Let's remember that Republicans also flirted with moderating their message after losing the 2012 election, only to go precisely the opposite direction by nominating Donald Trump in 2016. Yeah, that's what that's what the Republicans did with their Trump nomination was double down on racism, sexism, and homophobia. It wasn't because Trump was an outsider who was pre- presenting a an alternative to career piece of shit politicians. <laughs> Looking inward and engaging in self-reflection is the antithesis of everything the modern GOP stands for. All right, pot. Uh. So instead, the right is looking outward for someone beside themselves to blame, and they've landed on a a favorite scapegoat, single women. Worse, in blaming single women for their own political failure, conservatives are wallowing in ludicrous conspiracy theories based on the premise that having an F on your driver's license renders you incapable of autonomous thought. I mean, have you seen the way women drive? Yes, it's true. Republicans are big mad that single women voted for Democrats, and their explanation for this is that Democrats have brainwashed those hapless, unfortunate women who don't have husbands to make their decisions for them. Unmarried women in America are lost, miserable, addicted to SSRIs and alcohol, racked with guilt from abortion, and wandering from partner to partner, wrote Joel Berry, managing editor of the popular right-wing site Babylon Bee. They are the Democrats' core base, and the Democrats will do everything possible to manufacture more of them. Where's the lie? You can look at the New York Times, the Atlantic, Salon itself, Washington Post. All of these, all of these news sources have single female writers who talk about their drinking habits, who talk about how miserable they are, who talk about... Uh, I think all of these things, <laughs> this isn't, and it's, and not only do they talk about it, but in the articles where they talk about it, they explain why it's a good thing, why it's empowering for them and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And like being a complete miserable hobag is a good and positive thing that every woman should strive towards. It's, I, I'm pretty sure I've gone over. If I didn't go over it on this uh, on this show, I know we went over it on the morning show. Um, there was an article where a woman talked about like why she was getting divorced and leaving her husband and her kids because she was miserable and she wanted to go be more miserable. Like that's that's what she was effectively getting around to was that she needed to have all this freedom so she could just work and drink and hoe out, hoe herself out. And uh, it's like, this is, this is the Democrats' base. 
Molly Hemingway, the editor-in-chief of The Federalist, was less colorful in her language, but nonetheless aired a similar claim about the massive political incentive Democrats have to keep women unmarried. One of the fascinating things about our ongoing political realignment is the massive political incentive Democrats have to keep women unmarried. No one benefits more from the destruction of the American family than the Democratic Party. Uh, Andrew Torba, who runs the far-right social media site Gap, sent out a newsletter declaring that democracy is illegitimate because the godless unmarried whores of Papillon select your leaders so they can continue to slaughter their children. Fox News host Jesse Waters, in the most viral example of this talking point, said that Democrat policies are designed to keep women single, to implore male viewers to get the ladies under control. Guys, go put a ring on it. How male Fox News viewers are supposed to talk to unruly Democratic voting women into marrying them was left unexplained, although Waters has previously hinted at the usefulness of coercion when it comes to romance. The thing is, men don't want to marry these women. Like, no conservative man wants to marry these women. Generally speaking, no man wants anything to do with these women. That's why they're so miserable, because... The reason they hold themselves around is because nobody can put up with them for longer than a night, maybe two. Uh, while Republican politicians have generally been a bit more circumspect in their language, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri tipped his hand on a, a not-that-subtle endorsement of his this conspiracy theory, retweeting conservative sociologist Brad Wilcox, who prominently drew attention to single women's Democratic leanings, complaining that fewer adults are opening their hearts, lives, and minds to marriage and children. These accusations that Democrats are somehow preventing women from getting hitched are deliberately vague on the mechanics. Are Democrats crashing weddings and intervening in the efficient, when the efficient asks if anyone has cause to object? Are they rewriting dating app software so liberal-leaning women only see video game addicts who refuse to leave the house? Have they forced every eligible man to leave the country? If you dig into the comments under these angry right-wing tweets, the outlines of the conspiracy theory are commentators that are hinting had become uh, the conspiracy theory these commentators are hinting at become a bit clearer. Reproductive rights, equal access to education, and social welfare, welfare policies, which are always more generous in the right-wing imagination than in real life, are routinely blamed for somehow tricking women out of marriage. The idea is that Democrats use basic human rights to lure gullible women away from their true destiny and most cherished desire, which is, of course, to be the doting helpmeet to a Republican dude. Democrats, the idea goes, get women hooked on a sinister cocktail of equality and freedom, and therefore hopelessly addicted to voting for Democrats. You say why I love reading these articles? Because they are so heavy-handed and just, like, absolutely asinine. Like, I, I love this. <laughs> In the real world, of course, what's going on is painfully simple. Single women are a constituency that believes enormously that benefits enormously from equal pay, equal education, and reproductive rights. Married women benefit from these things too, but a lot of them are cross-pressured to keep the peace with Republican husbands and are voting their resentments towards their single counterpart. Understanding that they have a built-in advantage with single women, Democrats have constructed a platform designed to appeal to them. Single women benefit enormously from equal pay, equal education, and reproductive rights. Except that that's not the way it goes. Because there has been so much talk of 
the equal pay thing. There is no gender wage gap anymore. In fact, women in equivalent roles are making as much or more because of the fiction of the gender wage gap. Uh, equal education is also kind of becoming a, like, did you know that the number one college graduate demographic in the country is black females? Black females are getting more degrees than anybody else, any other demographic in the country. Because the system is now being skewed towards and incentivized to give more women specifically and black women even more specifically scholarships and put them in school and get them their degrees. If you're a white male, you're effectively like you you are you're going to get pushed to the bottom of every list, like every list that exists. That's and that's just the way that it's the way that the democratic policies and platforms have skewed things. And all the mainstream media talking points like a white male is the most evil person on the planet. We are sexist, racist, homophobic all the time. That's it. That's all you need to know about us. But accepting that straightforward narrative means accepting the radical notion that women have minds of their own. That will clearly never do in the GOP universe, so a nefarious and unnecessarily complicated conspiracy theory must be created that reimagines basic constituent appeal as manipulation and brainwashing. As with most accusations made by Republicans, the claims that Democrats somehow control women are pure psychological projection. It's pretty obvious that Republicans are the ones who want to control women when they start talking about incentivizing marriage, and what they really mean is various forms of coercion, stripping women of reproductive rights and economic equality is about trying to create a society where women feel they have to get married in order to survive or at least have any financial security. Say so like reproductive rights. There is no there are no reproductive rights that are on the table. It is the murder of infants, the murder of fetuses, the murder of babies. That's what's on the table. Nobody's talking about your reproductive rights. If you want to have a kid, you're free to have a kid. If you don't want to have a kid, you're free to not have a kid. But once the kid is there, that's where the line is drawn. Nobody's saying that you have to have kids. Nobody is force impregnating anybody. Sitting, this is contrary to the idea of the left. This is not actually Gilead, and nobody is force impregnating anybody. You have that choice. Don't get pregnant if you don't want a kid. Nobody's stripping women of their economic equality. Nobody's forcing women to out of the workforce. What is happening is there is a level of equality that is being forced in a number of job fields that shouldn't be there. Uh, what should be merit-based or performance-based or simply uh, physically based, like there are some jobs that women should not be doing. Women as a whole. That is not to say that there aren't some women who are built for and capable of doing some of these jobs. But what you see is there is an incentive towards equality that disincentivizes merit and physical necessity. 
So that's those are the things that we're talking about. We're not nobody's trying to kick women out of the workforce. As a not so hidden bonus, women who uh, a woman who is financially dependent on her husband is likely to feel even less room to disagree with him politically or vote her own conscience. In fact, the theory that Democrats are brainwashing women into staying single is directly linked to the Great Replacement theory. Here we go. We got to we got to tie the Great Replacement in there. Uh, it's great. It's directly linked to the Great Replacement conspiracy theory. A white supremacist fiction proposed that the liberal elites are somehow importing people of color to replace white conservatives. Which they've admitted to. They fucking admitted to it. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's, you know, there are actually Democratic lawmakers on record saying that that's specifically what they're trying to do. But no, no, that, never mind. That's a conspiracy theory. Don't believe. Don't believe any of that. Right. In both cases, the presumption that people who are not white men are lesser beings incapable of independent thought. Literally nobody's saying that. Literally nobody. As with the big lie, which is their their uh, their shorthand for the uh, Great Replacement Theory. As with the big lie, this is all about Republicans telling themselves that entire groups of Americans are not legitimate voters or citizens and don't deserve a say in government. Conservatives' bitter retreat into this conspiracy theory that after their disappointing midterm results strongly suggests that the Republican Party has no inclination to moderate anything about its policies or messages. Instead, we can expect the right to double down on the fascistic assumption that people like them are the only real Americans and nobody else gets to vote. Well, here's the thing about the whole uh, great replacement theory thing is that those people are not legitimate voters or citizens. So maybe there's something to that. Uh, I don't believe most people are legitimate voters. If we're being completely honest, I've I've said this multiple times and gone into it at great lengths. I think there should be stipulations placed on your being allowed to vote. I think everybody should have the right to vote, but not everybody should have the allowance to vote. You should have to be a property owner of some sort. And I don't care if property owner by property owner. I mean, like, do you own a car? OK, are you paying property taxes of some sort? Cool. You get to vote. If you don't own a car, you don't own a house, you don't own anything, and you're just not contributing. If you don't pay taxes, then no, you don't get to vote. You don't have skin in the game. You don't have a vested interest in this process. So you shouldn't get to vote, period. That's it. And then the people who are allowed to vote, the ones who do have ownership of things and property taxes and stuff like that or pay their taxes i think there should be a short quiz who are the candidates just i mean that's it who are the candidates what are the candidates names can you even name both of them if you don't know who the two candidates are that are running like the two main you know the republican and the democrat if you can name the libertarian and some other people cool that's like you you might actually know what's going on but you have to be able to name at least two of two of the candidates who are on the ballot. Because what happens is most people who are voting, they don't know any of the candidates. They don't know any of their names. They're showing up and they're punching R or D. And that's it. So if you don't know the candidates' names, you don't get to vote. I mean, I think maybe past that, there should be a couple other stipulations. But I mean, that would be the, I think that would be the number one, like, two questions. Are you a property owner of any sort? 
pay your taxes, pay property taxes. Yes, you are now eligible to vote. Can you name two of the candidates on the ballot? Yes, now we will allow you to vote. If you answered no to either of these questions, sorry about your luck. You are not a valid voter. That's my opinion. I don't care about anything else. But see, that would disqualify like 80% of the Democrat voters. So they'll never have anything like that. And the whole thing, the, I don't really have anything to go into on this Salon article with the, the women voters thing. I mean, there are huge incentive structures that have been put in place by Democrats since the 16th and 19th amendments were passed to, number one, to create a dependence on the government for black communities. And I think I have talked about this on the show before. Black communities were actually thriving, doing really well prior to civil rights. They, the whole civil rights movement was an op, if we're being completely honest. It's Segregation was not a bad thing. Those communities had booming economies. They had high education rates. A lot of them were doing really well. And you had leaders, and the church was very important. But see, that's another thing, that the church cannot have that kind of an importance. The, the church has to be the state. And so the 16th and the 19th Amendments were designed to put black people and females at the dependence of the state and get them into voting for people who were going to continue to support them. The whole feminist movement and the equal pay and all of that stuff. I'm not saying that those are bad things. What I'm saying is the way that the programs that created them were designed, it was designed to create voters for Democrats. This is not a, cons I mean, yeah, I guess this is a conspiracy theory of my own, but if you look at the way the policies and everything were crafted, it's hard to take away from it anything else. And if you really wanted to, to have freedom and have the ability to, to craft your own way and, and to do things the right way to, and it's the reason why like a lot of these uh, equal opportunity housing and equal opportunity hiring and equal opportunity uh, college admissions and all of this stuff. It's the reason that a lot of that has become very much a joke is because it's taken away the base of merit. It's taken away the basis of actually earning it. And it's, it's taken away the value that those things had. And it's why a lot of people don't respect any of these institutions anymore. Because there is no value, there is no merit, there is no actual like earn earning it. It's it's become a thing that's given for no more reason than because they say so. And that's that's the foundation of us of a failing society. Like nothing nothing progresses in that. It is the antithesis of progress. But here we are, and it's largely leftist policy. And the left is going to continue to push that policy because it keeps people stupid. 
and reliant on the government. That's it. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully people will start to wake up and figure this shit out. I mean, uh, the Hispanic community has largely figured it out. The Asian community has largely figured it out. Like, why, why can't the other minority groups, blacks and women, why can't they figure it out? Like, why can't they see through the the bullshit that the left is doing and realize that uh, outside of that system, you actually have freedom to to grow and to to create and to do things, whereas inside of that system, you have to do what they say. And in order to continue to grow and, and progress, you have to play the game by their rules and vote for them and keep them creating policy that never actually moves the needle towards true equality. It just creates new levels of inequality for them to try to push you up through unnaturally that's it for today be back on next time looking at the boston researchers who say that masking children in schools can reduce the effects of structural racism Uh, which might be the most asinine thing i've ever read but we're gonna go over it hope everybody has a great rest of your day uh and i will catch you next time don't forget to head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check out our longest and most favorite sponsor, Carlos Vanessa Abelar and Paloma Verde CBD. Get all of your CBD needs and you get 10% off your order of $75 or more. Plus, anything over $75 is free shipping. So head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com to get all your CBD needs. Have a good week, everybody.